Thank you for traveling with Amex Platinum. To your right, you'll see Oceanside Relaxation at a fine hotel and resort property. When booked through Amex Travel, you can enjoy complimentary breakfast for 2 and 4 p.m. late checkout. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Welcome in to Fantasy Pros. It is the Fantasy Football Podcast. I am Chris Welsh, a.k.a. The Welsh, and today we're talking about wide receiver tiers. Now, this is going to be a tough one, my friends. We've got two contestants in the ring that are ready to battle it out for wide receiver tier rank brawls to the bloody end in one corner or square or box or however you want to look at it. We have got Fantasy Pros and Betting Pros own Joe Pizapia. <sighs> and the All other the crowd's going wild. That's how you hear him. Joe, Joe, Joe. The other corner. Nice. We have PlayerProfiler.com's Billy Muzio. Billy, Billy. This will not. <laughs> be, I'm sorry, I'm doing the most. <laughs> Awful, awful sound effects for this, great. ladies and gentlemen. But that's where we're yeah. doing. This is not going to be a pay-per-view match because it's happening right here on <laughs> Fantasy Pros for free for you. So make sure you guys are locked into the YouTube channel. Subscribe so you're notified when we do awesome stuff. Joe, Billy, are you guys ready to battle this out for some wide receiver tiered ranks? Let's rock and roll. Okay. Let's do it. You know what? I feel bad for you, Welsh. You got stuck with two Italians arguing. This is like what every holiday is. So you're just kind of in the middle of us here. But uh, you're a brave man. I just wanted to say that. And Billy, by the way, one of the best rankers on Fantasy Pros uh, last couple of years. You follow him on the top of the board. He's always there. So I'm slightly intimidated. I'm kind of the yeah. underdog here a little bit. But at the same time, Billy, I got to say, I'm not above using your cheat sheets in Draft Wizard if I need them when I'm looking for tiebreakers. I'm just saying. <laughs> nice. I, I like to hear people using the cheat sheets. I always the best thing is when you get the messages saying you help me win my fantasy league. The best. Uh, it's literally the best. It's why we do this. At least one of the main reasons why we do this. So ready to rock and roll. Let's talk some wide receivers. All right, let's do it. You guys are going to battle it out. Just uh, keep it a clean match. Let's see. Keep the gloves on. <laughs> Nothing crazy. Let's get to it. Uh, we've got tears. We've got the superlative tier, A, B, C, D. We're going all the way down. The top tier, the number one dog here is two players. You guys have the same guys, Justin Jefferson and Jamar Chase. But Billy, we're going to start with you because at Fantasy Pros, if you're not Jamar Chase, you're last. That's how that goes because <laughs> Joe has got Jamar Chase there. But you have Justin Jefferson. So let's just have the conversation. What really builds around what is the separator for Justin Jefferson, for you to be the top guy? And is there really any type of gap whatsoever between these two? So I'm not going to argue if someone has Chase or Jefferson in, in the one spot. Um, I, I do think that these two are interchangeable. The slight lean goes to Justin Jefferson for me, and it just breaks down to the other competition of targets. Um, there is a lot of weapons inside the Cincinnati Bengals offense. Um, and then we've also seen a recent calf injury to Joe Burrow. These two have technically swapped in my rankings multiple times when I do updates throughout the season. Um, so whether you have Je uh, Chase at one or Jefferson at one. I'm really not going to, you know, sit here and, and debate the two. I think they're both in their own tier. Uh, Joe has them in his own tier. I have mm. them in my own tier. Um, these two are the alpha receivers of the league right now, and you can't go wrong either way. Joe, yeah, I, I agree 1,800 with yards. Too. You move away from it, though. 1,800 yards. What made, what made well, you follow the pack of Debro and well, uh, Erickson here? Here's the thing. Uh, well, first of all, I, I now I'm second-guessing now that you said that. But number two... <laughs> I'm also looking at it as I'm the guy who last year was pounding the table for Justin Jefferson as the number one overall player. I think last year at the end of the year, what you saw was very interesting, though, because you saw kind of the blueprint laid out there in week 17 of how to slow down Justin Jefferson. And I think the rest of the league is going to say, OK, we see that now. And we see also Jordan Addison and we see 
uh, KJ Osborne. You see more athleticism there too when you have a real tight end in TJ Hawkinson, where I think they have a lot more options besides Jefferson. And it's not that Jefferson isn't super elite because he is. That's why he's in the S tier. But I think the only thing that would change this flip flop for me and move it back to Jefferson is one is if we even get Burrow to miss a week or two, if Burrow misses a week or two of the regular season, then I would flip flop them and go with Jefferson because every single week matters. Every scoring period matters. But really, I think I'm the way I'm stacking it up here is basically I think that Cincinnati Bengals secondary lost some pieces year over year. I think they could be in some more shootouts. And that is a really good situation for an offensive line that played better in Cincinnati last year as the year went on, where Chase and Burrow for a healthy, fingers crossed, 17 weeks together could put up a special historic type season. 14.2 points per game uh, last season. And uh, I guess it's standard. Should probably be looking in half point PPR here. Justin Jefferson, 17.9 points per game last year in half point PPR, 15.3. My main point was to say there's roughly a two mm-hmm. point difference between them. Just one last thing on just this top tier guy, Billy, is that you're, you said, and I think the common answer would be like, oh, well, you know, if you want to have the other guy, you can have the other guy. But I mean, don't you think this burrow injury and the concerns, even if he is there for week one, this is going to be lingering in. Don't you think that might be the separator of why you say, hey, listen, Justin Jefferson had 1800 yards last year, two more points per game. I don't know if he has any more scary options than what's already going on in Cincinnati. He should be the clear cut guy. I'm trying to get you to throw a, a an uppercut haymaker over at Joe here to say, no, Justin Jefferson should be the guy. Well, the thing is, is that Chase was number one in my rankings up until this last update. So there's a strong, oh, there's the a, truth comes out. There's Billy. a strong case for both of them. Um, and the yeah. only reason why Chase actually took a, uh, a slight dip was because of the potential of that calf injury lingering. Um, mm-hmm. I think across the board, there's a strong case to be made for chase over Jefferson. Um, that being said, I, I think that just as it stands today, you know, August 10th, 2023, I give a slight lean to Justin Jefferson. Um, but chase has a very compelling argument to be number one as well. Let's take a quick break in the action to tell you about Rougette performance. Anxiety can happen to everyone. Even the pros Conquer performance anxiety with Rougette Ready, the latest advancement in erectile dysfunction. By combining the active ingredients in Viagra and Cialis with a porphamine and dopamine promoter, Rougette Ready gives your brain and your body the pump up you deserve so you can give your partner the love they deserve without the added anxiety. Created by pharmacists, approved by doctors, and trusted by over 75,000 men nationwide, and loved by you and your partner. No in-person visit needed. Rougette Ready is now available in your state exclusively at rougettemen.com. Use that promo code FANTASYPROS for $40 off your first month plus free shipping. And if you'd rather call them, customer service is available six days a week at 855-581-9620. Again, 855-581-9620. Or you can head to rougettemen.com. That's R-U-G-I-E-T men.com. And use that promo code FANTASYPROS for $40 off at rougettemen.com. And now back to the action. Gentlemen, let's go to the A tier, the A tier of wide receivers. And Billy has got Stefan Diggs, Joe, at five. This is uh, three in the tier. Joe, you have him at the end of your tier, notably behind Garrett Wilson and Jalen Waddell. Mm-hmm. So, Joe, why do you hate Stefan Diggs? <laughs> I don't hate Stefan Diggs. Um, I'm, I'm getting a little concerned with the Buffalo Bills window 
though. I, I smell a little desperation. It smells a little bit like uh, like The Bachelor, uh, I think a little bit, where you have a bunch of situations here where the Bills get real close and they keep getting disappointed. And I think that you see McDermott taking over the play calling on the defensive side. I think that's really interesting where some hands-on stuff and sometimes you're, you're holding on too tight because things are starting to go the wrong direction. I don't like some of the weird things that were going on in the offseason there with Diggs too. It's not, look, Diggs is still a really good fantasy investment. He's still in that a tier for me. He's still in a, a top tier guy, but he has been in the league a pretty long time when you consider it. And he's been very healthy. And it's not that I'm automatically expecting the other shoe to drop. There's just a certain point where it comes to running backs when they get into that fifth and sixth year. I start to look for guys that are a little younger. And then the same thing with the wide receivers. When these guys are in the league, eight, nine, even 10 years, I start to look and start to say, all right, now it's time to start looking at some of the younger, quicker guys and guys like Waddle who I think are in a great situation saw all the targets he still got last year. And basically that's like a two person offense. It's him and it's Tyreek Hill. And that's all they do all day long. And I'm good with that. And then Garrett Wilson, who I really do feel like, you know, he saw all of the rookie year flash and potential. And now when you do add somebody who is just good at taking care of the football at this point in his career in Aaron Rodgers, and certainly a very highly motivated Rodgers, we know he likes to find that one single target. I think the upside there for those two guys is greater with the youth in 2023 than the veteran Stefan Diggs. So again, it's just a, a slight adjustment in thinking, but it's also a little preparation where I'm getting a little bit more insurance with the younger players as opposed to the guys who have been in the league for a very long time. Billy, one of the things that stood out to me on on, on Joe's side of this is it's, he's behind Jalen Waddle, and you're talking about targets here. Well, Stefan Diggs was targeted the fourth most time of any wide receiver, and Jalen Waddle obviously is like a one B wide receiver, but you know Diggs is only behind Tyreek Hill. Uh, fourth most targeted wide receiver. I think many feel one of the better offenses in the NFL. When you see him that far back, how hard back do you have to push that? You know, I think a lot of people would say that Stefan Diggs might be closer to a first rounder than he is more of a back end second or third rounder. Yeah. Stefan Diggs to me is a, a pretty clear cut, you know, middle of round one pick. I, I think his, his targets are undeniable. Uh, you mentioned he's top five in the league in targets. Mm -hmm. uh, he was top five in the league in red zone targets as well. Um, top six in air yards, uh, target rate at 30.6% was top six, uh, you know, yards per route run, which is a, a great indication of a wide receiver's success and, and future success in the league. Um, even though he has been in the league uh, a fair amount of years, to, to Joe's point, he still had 2.87 yards per route run, which was number three in the league. Uh, and I just like a the fact that he's tied to the Buffalo Bills and Josh Allen here. And we, when we look at the numbers and we dive into the actual projections, um, Buffalo has a, a much higher pass rate in comparison to Aaron Rodgers and what he has done throughout the past few years. We can't say the Jets because it's a new offense, a new system, um, and Aaron Rodgers is now in town. So uh, when I look at the numbers, I'm, I'm tracing Aaron Rodgers' past in comparison to Josh Allen's past, and we can safely say that the Buffalo Bills should, should pass significantly more than the New York Jets. Um, and we know that the Buffalo Bills don't really have a, a clear-cut wide receiver, too. Yes, they have Gabe Davis. Some people would count him. Some people won't. Uh, outside that, they have a rookie tight end who's coming into the mix. Uh, they have you know James Cook, who's going to be more involved in the passing game. But that gives Stephon Diggs a pretty clear-cut number one role inside of this offense where we can expect somewhere between 27 and 28% target share. Um, and a team that is projected to probably throw the ball top 10 amount of times in the league, I want to have that number one receiver on my team. Um, and it just leaves me less doubts and less question marks in comparison to somebody like Wilson. 
real quick, Billy's 100% right in everything he said there. But it's the ninth year, averaging 160 targets three years in a row. My concern is that is a level of very high productivity. You don't see that usually go four or five years for any player, even at their peak. And this is year nine for Stefan Diggs. And some of those pieces like Cooks, uh, like James Cook, rather, like, um, you know, Damian Harris, where I think they're going to start to balance out this offense a little bit because what they've been doing hasn't been working. So I think at the end of the day, when they start to balance this offense a little bit more and spread the ball around a little bit more, he can potentially come back to the pack a little bit. I think it's smart to keep Diggs on the field that way. And the other thing is, I think it's just better for the Buffalo Bills offense to give that look to opposing defenses, because I think right now they've been very tunnel vision and it's gotten them pretty far, but it hasn't gotten them over the hump yet. And I think that's something that they realize at this point. And I guess there's a floor too, though, with Diggs to consider that he has had eight or more touchdowns in mm-hmm. uh, really actually five of his last six seasons. So even if an overall target share were to come back down, he's become the primary touchdown wide receiver, which I think creates a floor. That, that's what the interesting conversation is. There's an, Here's another one just like this. So keeping in the A tier, this is a almost a similar instance of what we're talking about with Stefan Diggs with Devontae Adams. So Devontae Adams shows up in the middle tier of A for Billy, yet... He's the last in the A tier for you, Joe. So do you think this is a Jimmy Garoppolo problem or do you think this is going to be a Devontae Adams problem? Uh, I think it's a Jimmy Garoppolo problem that becomes a Devontae Adams problem. If I'm going to keep it real here on the program. And I was somebody last year that was, you know, this Welsh. I drafted Devontae everywhere because yeah. I'm thinking Derek Carr is, is Derek Carr. He's fine. He's league average ish kind of guy. He's going to have tunnel vision for Devontae Adams. They have a chemistry. They have a history together. And guess what? It was really good. He was wide receiver three last year. And he was going sometimes in, you know, into the second round. There was no draft with me in it where he made a pass the turn. I was taking Devontae every single time. Sometimes at 10, I would even go and take him. This year, I feel a little differently because Garoppolo historically health wise has not been great. I know he had that one splash game last year when Carr wasn't around. But uh, again, same set of circumstances. I'm looking at the history here of how many years we've been in the NFL here. We're talking about a guy who saw 149 targets, 169 targets, 180 targets last year. And I think eventually when you get these guys who are in the league 10 years, you see the drop off, whether it be the AJ Greens of the world or, you know, some other wide receivers that, you know, historically we looked at and go, you know, Julio Jones, high target, high productivity guys. They start to get up into that 30 year, you know, kind of season, nine, 10 years in the league. This is when the drop off happens. I'm not saying it's going to go away. I'm just saying I like the other guys and the situations in those offenses more. Billy, I've always kind of pushed back kind of like what Joe's saying a little bit on the falling knife theory of the guy is aging. I don't be the, I don't want to be the one that's grabbing him when he's finally going to tail off. The problem is, is Adams just isn't really showing a sign of this since 2016. If he has played at least 14 games, he is scoring you 11 or more touchdowns reception wise. He has had over 100 or 100 for his last five years. He's one of the best route runners in the NFL. Maybe you could argue this a tier might have sub tiers inside of it. But I feel like the biggest argument that exists around him is either Jimmy Garoppolo is going to stink, which is possible. We're both 49er fans. We know how this goes. Or 
it's going to be that you're chasing the falling knife with Devontae Adams. And I don't know if I can play that, but what say you? I, I can't believe I'm actually defending Devontae Adams because I have been the one that have been saying I'm fading him this year at cost. But in mm. the most recent update, he moved up slightly because I don't think that we can, you know, overlook the the holdout of Josh Jacobs right now. Um, that is a lot of targets. That is a lot of opportunity. And I don't think that they're going to lean into the running game with Josh Jacobs off the field. Now, this is a hypothetical situation currently, but we do have to account for it. Nonetheless, I also agree that it is going to be more of a Jimmy G issue than it is going to be Devontae Adams. I think at this point, he is pretty much quarterback proof. That being said, I think that his target rate and his target share that he is going to be acquiring is going to be so high that it's going to offset the amount of incompetencies that we are going to see from Jimmy Garoppolo. Um, target share last year at 32.6%, number one. Target rate at 30.8%, number five. He was wide receiver four in snap share. He's always on the field at 94.6%. He had 180 targets last year. Now, I do expect some regression in that category, but I do expect him to be, you know, in the the upper echelon of targets for this for this season um red zone targets always an animal as well number five in the league deep targets which jimmy grapple is not known for deep targets so again we expect this number to regress as well um that being said i could see his catch rate going up uh from last year um i do think that he is going to be so heavily involved in this offense that the inefficiencies are going to offset and i do think that um there is a potential for even more target share because we're hearing scuttle that they may move on from renfo we just saw them cut oj howard they're making consolidations inside of this wide receiver uh target tree as well as the tight ends which is going to open up even more opportunities for Devontae adams um i did not think i was gonna have to defend Devontae adams today quite frankly <laughs> because i have been on the opposite spectrum because i am a 49 fan and i know what jimmy garoppolo uh is capable of doing to his weapons that being said Devonte adams just built a little differently yeah well i set you up to bring jimmy down a little bit yeah, so you'll be okay we'll be okay uh last one in the a tier this is a really fascinating one you two have all the same players in your a tier so if people are going to fantasy pros you're checking out all the ranks you're going to see you guys have the same guys except for one there's one guy there's one outlier chris olave joe has chris olave on here higher than Adams. So Billy, what made you keep Olave out of the A tier where Joe has really jumped him up? Uh, I have him the first and so the, of the next year. So we're very close here inside of our rankings. Uh, it just breaks down to a, a healthy Michael Thomas. If Michael Thomas was going to be you know missing more games. I think it's a, a clear case for Olave to be inside of this A tier. He just misses this for me, uh, not by much. I mean, he is right there for me. So um, I think you know this is splitting hairs. But at the end of the day, uh, it's going to break down to uh, target share this year. Last year he saw twenty six point seven percent, but that was without Michael Thomas on the field. Uh, they only have Kamara suspended now three games versus the six that everybody was expecting. So his target share just came down a bit for me in that last update as well. Um, they're, you know, looking to possibly add another running back to the mix. They were looking to add, you know, Kareem Hunt this week. It hasn't happened yet, but it just tells you that they're going to be continue to add other weapons, which could ultimately affect a few targets here and there. Um, bottom line is it just breaks down to target share, target rate, um, and then the other weapons in, in comparison. So um, I really like Chris Olave, but he just misses this tier for me slightly. So, I mean, are we, are we going to the moon, Joe, with Chris Olave? You have him over Devontae Adams. That's a big play. He's obviously an <clears> explosive <throat> time wide receiver. But, you know, all those reasons, Thomas is back. Is he Thomas-less proof? <laughs> I'll believe it when I see it. 
Uh, again, you know, we could talk about fairy tales all we want, and Michael Thomas playing might be one of the the, the great fairy tales of our time uh, at this stage <laughs> in the game. Uh, and most fairy tales end badly, too, if you go and read some of those grim fairy tales. They are grim for a reason. So, look, whether Michael Thomas is on the field or not, I, I don't hate the fact that Michael Thomas is on the field. That's good. That means he's going to get more attention from the defenses. And that means that Chris Olave is going to get some favorable coverages sometimes because Michael Thomas, once upon a time, was uh, to stay with the fairy tale theme, somebody you really had to account for. Uh, I think the more weapons you have on the field, the more dangerous your offense is. Chris Olave, let's make no state of, no, no, no bones about it here. Chris Olave is the best talent at the best age right now in this offense. And any coach with any half a brain is going to realize that, recognize that, and utilize that. And now you're getting a much better quarterback situation there. We're not talking about Andy Dalton and Taysom Hill and whoever else we're throwing a quarterback. We're talking about Derek Carr, who's given us good fantasy seasons from Amari Cooper, who's got ups and downs in his game. Look at what he did last year with Devontae Adams. And now you're dropping him in there with a chip on his shoulder. And Chris Olave, who had a phenomenal career at Ohio State, who came in last year and looked fantastic in terrible circumstances, to me, Chris Olave is that guy who's ready to make that tier jump. So, like I said, Billy and I are kind of splitting hairs there. I'm ready to take the jump. He's still sitting outside the pool. But to me, Olave is one of those perfect guys that if you go running back early in your drafts and you're trying to get a guy who could be a number one wide receiver, if he makes it to you in that third round, you pounce on that every time because I do think he's going to finish as a wide receiver one this year. Bedtime stories with Joe and Billy. Yes. They drafted Chris Olave as wide receiver one and they lived happily ever after. Yes, <laughs> they did. Football season is just about here, like actual football season. We're about to get into it. And if you're like us here at Fantasy Pros, you're planning for your you know, stadium trips. You're going to get your games in, but it's just not quite time yet. But that doesn't mean you can't start getting in on tickets in other spots like baseball games, concerts, comedy shows. And the best way to get tickets to any of these games and the games you're planning in the near future is the fastest growing ticketing app in the U.S., Game Time. For last-minute amazing deals on tickets to see your favorite baseball teams, uh, bands, comedians, download Game Time. Again, it's not just sports. August means huge summer concerts, comedy shows all across the country, and Game Time has got your tickets. Download the Game Time app and redeem code FANTASYPROS for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, download Game Time app, enter code FANTASYPROS for $20 off no matter where you live. Get out and have some fun this week. Download game time today and enter code fantasy pros last minute tickets, lower price guaranteed. This is it. We've got an Amex platinum pro on our hands. Ladies and gentlemen, we haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion lounge. Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh my, look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Sixth Man of the Year, elite bucket getter let's please welcome jamal crawford to point game king of the court one-on-one tournament if they had it back in your prime do you think you could have took it all i'm gonna be honest with you i don't think i could have took it all but i think i would have shocked a lot of people i think kobe and everybody in their prime kobe would win a one-on-one contest yeah yeah because you gotta think he's gonna guard he don't care about guarding He's going to guard. He's going to exactly. guard. Like, you see him in the Olympics, he's going to guard. And then on I'm top of that. I'm not guarding like that, see that? Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from 
crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. And then his, he's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what so. I told you? I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college because he didn't need it. <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is Colin Coward from The Herd with Colin Cowherd. Angie's list is now Angie, the nation's largest home service marketplace. They're here to help homeowners get all their jobs done well. Angie has helped over 150 million homeowners care for their homes. Whatever your home project, big, small, indoor, outdoor, come to Angie to connect with and hire skilled pros to get the job done well. Listen, I've got a couple of things in a bathroom in my house. Gotta get it fixed. I don't have time, and I'm not good at it. Angie is. With just a few taps on the app, you can have Angie tackle your home service project start to finish. With over 200,000 pros in their network, Angie makes it easy to research, compare, and hire pros to ensure a job done well. With 29 years of experience combined with new digital tools to simplify the process, Angie makes completing home projects really easy. It's your one-stop shop. Angie can help you find the best price for your project by comparing quotes from multiple pros in just a few taps or book services at an upfront price based on local data. They get the difficulties that can come with home projects. They get it. Why not make it as simple as possible? Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I.com or download the app today. All right, let's go over to the B tier, B tier of wide receivers moving down. DK Metcalf. Joe, DK starts your tier off here and ends the tier with Billy. So things are going to start opening up. Are you are you not worried at all by Lockett, JSN? There's new weapons there. Um, a little spoiler, I actually didn't put them on here, but you also, I believe, are pretty high into the next tier of Tyler Lockett. So I know you like this offense, but are you not worried at all about where the balls are going to go for DK Metcalf to be this high up on the list? I'm more worried about JSN and Tyler Lockett potentially kind of uh, eating each other alive than I am about DK Metcalf. You know, DK Metcalf's that guy that when you use him in the, in the man coverage, he's beaten man coverage. He should have had more touchdowns last year. He could potentially have more touchdowns this year. These rankings are based on half point PPR. So in the half point PPR, DK Metcalf, because again, age, situation, all of that, I'm pretty sure I know who he is. Whereas Tyler Lockett and JSN, look, if Lockett has any injuries, JSN really benefits. If you have a situation where, uh, you know, JSN really starts to show out and Tyler Lockett starts to look a little old, JSN wins out there too. But if JSN starts to show you situations where he's still learning and still figuring out the NFL level because it is a more advanced spot and he's going to have to deal with some defenses and some head coaches in that own division too that are pretty good then it could be a slower learning curve, in which case Tyler Lockett starts to rebound. Either way, I keep looking at this as, well, DK's probably set up for success regardless, and I can identify who he is and what he could be in this offense, whereas the other guys are almost, uh, like I said, I don't know if both can succeed, and that kind of hurts both their value to me in some way, but DK, I feel pretty good about still. Well, Gino's really interesting, too, here, because Gino was super efficient when you get inside the red zone. I believe he had the most uh, passes in the red zone with Josh Allen and tied for the most passing <laughs> touchdowns with Josh Allen, the lead at the very top. And you're looking at 
another weapon that spreads the field in JSN, which if you're going to be in that red zone, DK Metcalf is going to even be more of a force and the defenses are spread out a little bit more. But Billy, I feel like, I mean, I'm projecting a little bit, so you tell us, but it looks a little bit more like you are worried about the extra weapons that have gone into Seattle for you to jump in on the DK Metcalf train. Yeah, it's just the extra weapons. And then it's just about them spreading the ball around a little bit more. Um, Seattle did run the most 12 personnel. So Joe and I have had this discussion before where we both believe, you know, JSN is probably the odd man looking in uh, to mm-hmm. Tyler Lockett and DK Metcalf. That being said, uh, DK Metcalf has never been, you know, a massive target guy. Uh, in you know, he had 129 targets in two years straight, 2020 and 2021. Last year jumped up to 141. Um, that being said, any additional added weapons is going to be a detriment to that target sh- target rate and target share and overall number of targets. Um, and so we have to look at his overall output and his fantasy points per game as well. He's only been inside the top 10 of the position once in his career so far. He's actually only been inside the top 20 once in his career, which was that same year, which was 2020. And so we've actually seen Tyler Lockett outperform him in fantasy points per game the last two years. And it was very close, The you know, in 2020. Um, I just think that DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett are closer than people want to really, you know, come forward and say, uh, and JSN is, is still going to make a dent inside of their overall numbers. In the addition, they also, you know, added a round to running back and they continuously run the ball as well. And so I don't think that trend is going away either. So I have some doubts about DK Metcalf. I like him as a talent. He's an athletic freak, but there's just so many people in this tier that I prefer, like Devontae Smith, T. Higgins, you know, Jerry Judy, Keenan Allen, DeAndre Hopkins, who have, you know, more favorable situations one way or the other. And I just typically would like to lean that way over DK Metcalf in drafts. In PPR, I would be sliding DK down in the half. Basically, then that's where I like him a little bit more. But in the PPR, I do agree with Billy where Keenan Allen would be above him, Devonta Smith, even T. Higgins, depending on the health of Burrow. Also, same thing for me. So just that would be the adjustment. And I think that's so important to never forget. You know, it's all about the context of the league you're playing in and looking at some of those guys who have the touchdown equity and some who have a little less of it. You know, and whenever you're the second banana, regardless of Devo- Devonta Smith and T. Higgins finishes wide receiver ones last year. Let's be honest, they always have that thing holding them back, which is when they play with real alphas, those guys are usually going to outpace them in touchdowns. And I think the DK Metcalf is still the touchdown alpha in that offense, potentially yeah. in 2023. The only problem is that those, you know, T Higgins in particular, those offenses pass a lot more. They do. They do. You're Seattle. 100% right. So the number two could be in line for just as many, if Absolutely. not more targets. Especially the if there's one. an injury, right, Billy? Like yeah. if there's an injury to Chase, if there's an injury forget to AJ Brown, it. forget about it. those guys have more appeal. But we can't always necessarily think that's going to happen, especially the guys who are still young and in their prime. Sometimes we can look for that with players like Keenan Allen and say, OK, well, you know, if Keenan Allen gets hurt again or Mike Williams gets hurt again, that's why Quentin Johnson becomes such an interesting player this year. Yeah, I think contingent value is is valued differently depending yeah. upon the player's health. But um, overall, just volume in general is is hard to ignore with a lot of those players. All right, let's go over to the wide receiver tier board on the bees. We're adding Amari Cooper here now. Billy, Joe has Amari <laughs> Cooper as a B tier wide receiver. This is we are truly in the range where we're getting some big separators here, but he's a C range wide receiver to you. In my mind, when I saw this, I started to think about my own personal worries about Deshaun Watson. I know some aren't. He stunk last year. I think a lot of people are like, he'll brush it off and he'll be good to go. Cooper is the main guy there. 
I view this personally as being um, something about Deshaun Watson, but you tell me, is it, or is it something else why he fell out of this range versus Joe's? No, I'm coming around a little bit more on Deshaun Watson. I had some concerns to start the season. Uh, it's looking like he is playing a little bit higher caliber in camp right now. Um, that being said, it's clearly based upon the chemistry that we saw with Amari Cooper and Deshaun Watson last year. When we started off the season, uh, and, and we actually take a look at the game logs. Amari Cooper was on fire. Uh, he had several top 10 finishes and fantasy mm -hmm. points. Uh, and then we saw, you know, insert Deshaun Watson and his 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 eyes were kind of drawn elsewhere in this offense uh, where he was actually favoring Donovan Peoples-Jones over Amari Cooper. Now, I don't necessarily think that trend's going to continue, but it is a bit concerning to see him go from, you know, three top 10 finishes, one just outside the top 10 early in the season, to nothing better than wide receiver 20 and finishes. Um, and then, you know, a bunch of forties, fifties and sixties throughout the mix. And so that chemistry is, is a bit concerning. Um, add in the, the fact that they added Elijah Moore with more competition for targets. Um, and the fact that they're going to be able to use him all over the field. Uh, I think it's going to eat into Amari Cooper quite a bit. Um, Joe has been pressing the age thing quite a bit. So I'm going to dip into this. Well. Uh, he's 29 <laughs> yeah. years old. Um, you know, similar to every other receiver we just discussed at the age. And it's not like Amari Cooper has been this dominant force like Devonte Adams or Stefan Diggs. Um, he's only had 132 targets last year, 103 the year before, uh, has not eclipsed the, the 80 reception mark in over two years. Uh, you know, only a thousand yards once in the last two years. And so I have a lot more concerns with Amari Cooper this year in, in comparison to most analysts. Yeah, I'll say this to Billy's point. This is kind of a a guardrail ranking for me of a guy who finished in the top 10 wide receivers last year, because I don't know how much we can really take out of last year with Deshaun Watson. I, I think basically you crumple up and throw it away. I think what matters most is what you see this year in the preseason, this year in training camp. And to Billy's point, he mentioned Elijah Moore. I will have, I guarantee you, way more shares of Elijah Moore at his ADP because I do have a piece of that upside offense. And I know Billy and I see eye to eye on that one 100%. And, and I draft him everywhere. He's on all my teams already in every early draft. I'll have far less of Cooper because there is what Billy's talking about, which I was talking about earlier. The downside of the age, the downside of maybe he's just not the guy for Deshaun Watson. Could that be true? Absolutely. At the end of the day, Right now, this is, like I said, it's kind of a placeholder ranking for me because if Watson does get back to any sort of form that he showed you previously, it's hard not to imagine him getting into that wide receiver one range. And I think that's still, I don't want to drop him too far out of it. Yeah, I'm, I'm a little bit more risk tolerant than the average Joe. I will I will push Same. them up or down. Don't, no placeholders, Joe, here. I, well, I mean, but, but that's the one that's, it's such a unique one. And I could tell you this, if it doesn't look good in the preseason, then I could say to myself, all right, now yeah. I've got to make adjustments and cover myself the other way. But but to Billy's point, I guarantee you, I will have very little shares of Amari Cooper this year because of the ADP. And I will have a lot more shares of Elijah Moore because if I want to roll the dice with that risk reward, Moore's the guy to do it. He's the explosive guy. He's the guy that could get some coming out of the backfield touches. He's the guy that could get some slot work. He's the guy that can do a lot of things. He's that weapon that I think that the Browns have been looking for. And you add him into that mix. I think it becomes a really interesting piece. Gentlemen, the only thing better than spending summer outside with friends is spending summer outside with friends and beer. Joe yes. and Billy, you would be my S tier of friend <laughs> beer choices here, but it can't just be any beer. It's got to be 
Miller Lite, the 96 calorie beer that tastes like beer and is perfectly brewed for everything summer has to offer. Let Miller Lite be the Pied Piper to start an in-person draft this season. So like, call your friends. Hey, what's going on? Before they even say a word, crack open that Miller Lite and watch your league mates lock in. With Miller Lite in your hand, summer doesn't just taste great. It tastes like Miller Lite. To get Miller Lite delivered right to your door, visit MillerLite.com slash FantasyPros. That's MillerLite.com slash FantasyPros. Or you can pretty much find it anywhere that sells beer. Celebrate responsibly. Miller Brewing Company, Milwaukee, Wisconsin. 96 calories, 3.2 carbs per 12 ounces. Gentlemen, getting into the back part of this beat here, we're going to talk about a couple more guys, and we're going to be moving down, moving a little quicker here. I think maybe the most divisive wide receiver in all the valuing and ranks this year is Calvin Ridley. Calvin Ridley is kind of tough. Joe, Ridley comes in as a B tier for you versus the C tier for Billy. So Billy just talked about kind of that maybe risk averseness and willing to take some shots. Maybe not here. You are. So let's talk about Calvin Ridley. Billy is a great ranker. Uh, And what makes Billy such a great ranker is the fact that he is sometimes unwilling to push too far too fast with things he wants to see at first. And that discipline is great. I think the thing that makes me a dangerous fantasy player in all these expert leagues where I keep taking down these championships, Welsh is this is that I'm willing to take those risks and calculated spots where Ridley's going right now. I think he's a value because the upside is there. Yes. He hasn't played in a year. Yes. We have all these question marks, but so far what you see out of training camp looks very good. He's playing with, I mean, arguably the best quarterback that he's ever had a chance to play with in the NFL, too. I mean, I think we can say that now uh, without any sort of arguing. And Calvin Ridley, if he should start to tick up too high, does become a risk that I am a little bit more afraid of. So currently at the ADP, I'm in. If you look at fantasypros.com and the consensus rankings, he's going somewhere in that, you know, that mid to low wide receiver two range. And I love that kind of upside because I think he's capable of at very least having wide receiver one games. And that's the thing that really matters to me at that point. Can I draft a guy in that two spot who's going to have wide receiver one games? Maybe he doesn't finish as a wide receiver one. Can he have those moments? Can he have six of them? Maybe even eight of them throughout the year. Maybe I'll take some lumps because there's some other guys in that offense who are going to get targets. But at the end of the day, I think the upside here is very special. I don't want to push it too much, but I am going to push it further than Billy. I'm fascinated, Billy, why you at this point still have Ridley so low down. Is it just the time off or a combination of you just haven't seen it? I feel like it has to be the ADP here because who doesn't want Calvin Ridley in the skill set? One of the most talented wide receivers in the NFL. It's just got to be the cost, right, Billy, that you have to pay for a guy that was out for a year. No, it's more than just the cost. No, it's so when we look at so Joe says he's a value. I think he's being way overdrafted in drafts. He's going right now uh, at the FFPC as wide receiver number fifteen. That is extremely. And I've got him at eighteen. So that's that's my high point. So to Billy's point in those high stakes leagues. You have to know in the high stakes leagues, people are going to be more aggressive. Billy knows this. They're very aggressive. They're going to, they're very aggressive. So you're not going to see that in your casual Yahoo league or your CBS or your sleeper league. He's probably going to be more like the ADP you see on the site, but to Billy's point there, a hundred percent, that's my limit. That's where I'm like, okay, that's, that's where we have to kind of cut it off. So go ahead. Yeah. He's going ahead of DK Metcalf right now in drafts ahead of Keenan Allen, ahead of Jerry Judy, ahead of Debo Samuel. And I have a lot of concerns with Jerry Judy when we, I'm not sorry, Jerry, with Calvin Ridley. Um, He's only eclipsed the 100 target mark once in his career, which is 2020. It was his, his blow up year where he finished as the wide receiver four in fantasy points per game. He's only eclipsed the thousand yard mark that one year. He's only eclipsed 900 yards 
that one year. Since then, he's never actually had over 866 yards. He's actually missed a year and a half of football. He was suspended last year. And then he actually left the year before due to mental health concerns. And so now he is 28 years old, almost 29 years old. He's been out of the league for a year and a half, hasn't played football. He's now inserted into a new offense with a new coach, with a new system, with a new team. There's a lot of chemistry that has to be developed here, a lot of trust. And it's not like he's the only weapon where in Atlanta on that breakout year, Julio Jones got hurt that year and he, they were force feeding him the ball, which that's the reason why he got the 1300 yards. He's not going to be in that same scenario this year. As cliche as it sounds, there's a lot of mouse to feed inside of this Jaguars offense. They have Christian Kirk, who's shown to have a chemistry already with this, with this team. They also have now two dynamic pass catching backs with ETN and Biggs. They also have a elite tight end in Evan Ingram. Um, and so I don't think that Calvin Ridley is just going to step into this massive workload that people are expecting. And they seem to be blindsided by the fact that even when he was in his quote unquote prime, it never equated to that much production. And so I can't possibly put somebody inside the top 15 or even top 18 of my projections when they have yet to show it their entire career. Now they're at the point where they're at that tail end of their career age-wise. We've talked about the age cliff multiple times in this podcast, but now we're at a point where he hasn't played. He's at the age cliff. He's never actually physically done it outside of one year. If you look at the statistics, he's only finished as wide receiver 18 of fantasy points twice. And that was, and that other year was 866 because they had seven touchdowns. And so he's going to be very touchdown dependent in order for him to even return any value at this cost. And I just don't like chasing touchdowns in fantasy football. Okay. Last one we're going to do in the B tier. And then we're going to be moving into the CDs and Fs and a little bit more punchy. This one is probably the biggest difference between you two. There's a two-tier difference. <laughs> and Billy, we're going to start with you because DeAndre Hopkins is a B-tier wide receiver for you. Joe, giving him a D. No passing grade for DeAndre Hopkins. So how is there such a big gap for you, both of you guys, Billy? And what has made you jump back in to a Titans offense? Yes, that will be able to litter Hopkins with targets, but what's got you all in? So Hopkins is just one of those people that I think age just hasn't really applied to him yet. He showed no signs of showing down last year in the nine games that he played. He finished his wide receiver nine in fantasy points per game uh, in those nine games. In nine games, he had 96 targets, 64 receptions, 700 yards, and three touchdowns. I know it's a new offense with a new system some new coach and things that I just kind of counter argued against myself with DeAndre Hopkins. That being said, some people are matchup proof. And then if you look at the rest of these weapons um, inside of Tennessee, there is a lot to be or a lot left to be desired um, outside of two players. So we really only have Traylon Burks and Chigo Okonkwo. Outside that, there's not, not not even a receiver that I think is really an NFL caliber wide receiver on this team. So there's going to be a very consolidated target tree in this offense. I think you can safely project uh, DeAndre Hopkins for 27% target share. That still leaves Traylon Burks with you know 22, 23%. That still leaves Chigo Okonkwo with 14 to 15%. And then the rest of the targets kind of get scattered out throughout the rest of the team. 
Last year, we saw DeAndre Hopkins in his limited capacity have a 29.6% target rate. We saw 29.4% target share. So I am baking in some regression with the new team. Um, that being said, he's going to be the clear cut number one. He's going to be, um, you know, the, the number one option inside of the red zone as well, where he has typically dominated throughout his career um, in 50 50 balls. I don't think that's going to slow him down on this Tennessee Titans offense. The fact that they went out and acquired him tells me that they are looking to compete this year. If they did not, I would be a little bit more concerned with this passing game. But the fact that they acquired him tells me they kept Derrick Henry, tells me they're probably going to roll Ryan Tannehill all the year, and then they're going to try to compete. So like DeAndre Hopkins this year, and I think that he is uh, a candidate for a potential dark horse uh, top 12 run, uh, wide receiver. Joe, any thoughts you want to jump in because you guys are so different here? <laughs> oh, yeah. Here, here's all the thoughts I've got. And I'm going to lay it out. I see it less like a target tree and more of a target stump. I think that's more what it looks like at this point. Uh, Billy's point about he hasn't shown any, you know, signs of, of decline. Uh, for, forgive me, uh, but wasn't this a guy just coming off a PED suspension? So uh, just saying, like, some of the things we've got to talk about. We want to talk about Calvin Ridley's myriad of issues, and those are all fair. But let's talk about DeAndre Hopkins, an aging wide receiver who's got a lot of mileage under this belt coming off a of PED suspension. So I don't know what really is left in the natural tank of DeAndre Hopkins at this point. And then when we factor in this, this is not exactly the most pass-happy offense uh, out there in the nation. This is not, I mean, the Tennessee Titans are not exactly known for slinging the football around all day long. They like to play defense, run the football with Derrick Henry. And look, yes, he's the number one there. And yes, he will get the volume and the quality of that volume. I question, though, what the downside is as the season goes on for this team. Ryan Tannehill has not exactly had the picture of health the last few years. He's been in the league a long time, too. Uh, Tannehill gets hurt. What are we moving to? Will Levis? Because we're not moving to Malik Willis because last time I was getting phone calls when they wanted to start somebody else besides Malik Willis last year. So there are some problems here in terms of what the potential downfall of a Hopkins is. And this is why I'm so much higher on a play like Zay Flowers, right? Zay Flowers is a wide receiver to me that I think he's already the one in this offense. He's young. He's fast. He fights for the football. Those are the guys that I want. Yes, it could be some growing pains in the first few weeks of the season. But when I get down to the stretch in the playoffs, I see a guy like Zay Flowers helping me more than a guy like DeAndre Hopkins because I'm worried about what the deterioration is over the season for Hopkins, the player, Detroit, I mean, excuse me, Tennessee, the offense. And I think that is something we have to kind of project a little bit in our minds when we're looking at these investments we're making. So everything Billy said is absolutely correct because everything usually Billy says is correct. However, I'm just projecting into the future on this player in this offense. And this ecosystem is not one that I'm really excited about from a fantasy perspective where I think I look at the Ravens and the upside of what they might do this year as being something I'm way more interested in getting, say, Flowers than I am in DeAndre Hopkins. This and we can put this on the we can put this on the oh, board oh, here Billy, as well. Come on, this is gonna get like the uh, this is gonna like the Christmas episode of the Bear. So let's put come on, uh, let's flowers go, Billy. on the C tier though. <laughs> Throw because, the fork, uh, Billy. Let's do that. Throw the fork. I was gonna say, wait, you have Zay Flowers ahead of DeAndre Hopkins. I believe I do, if memory serves. Uh, Joe has Zay yes, Flowers as a C-tier wide receiver, so put him on the board. Right. Billy does not have him listed here. Joe's, the other Joe's been drinking here. the sponsorship already. He's already drinking that Let's Miller go. Light. I cracked into those Miller Lights, <laughs> and I'm going to be cracking into some more when he wins me a bunch of championships. But I, I look, dude, I, I, this is why it's fun. We debate these things, and Billy's going to throw the fork at me at some point, and that's great. But I, I mean, you see the way the league is going and we see these rookie wide receivers every year make an impact. And of all the rookie wide receivers, who's got the clearest path to targets? Who's got the clearest path to be the guy, regardless of whatever you think the limitations are of the Ravens? It's Zay Flowers. 
So that, I'm going to make that investment and look to the future instead of trying to live in the past with Hopkins. That's where I'm at. But the only the only problem is is that we have Zay Flowers, who I like <laughs> Zay Flowers. But you just talked about the 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 target stump. Baltimore isn't necessarily the model of pass attempts. No, it's more of a bonsai tree. <laughs> yes. So you're you're not wrong. Now, but it's now he has but, a lot more competition for targets. He's got an alpha tight end. He's got an, an aging, does. but also a wide receiver who's very loud and is going to be probably trying to command more target shares than he deserves. Maybe you have maybe Bateman. Don't tell me Rashad Bateman because he's never there. Don't Bateman, tell me Rashad Bateman who's now I'm on the field. It. But but yes, we can account for him maybe missing some games. But some. <laughs> but come on, Andre Hopkins is pretty clearly going to see twenty five plus percent of the target share. I gave him I, re- in week six when, when Will Levis is throwing him the football, Billy. I want to have. A, I'm going to send you a six pack of Miller Lite <laughs> beer. Beer. Babe. I think you're going to need it then. We're getting into round nine. It's getting <laughs> too ahead, punchy. I'm Let's separating go. you two. Let's Get into go. your own corners here. We got to move on here. We got to move on. We can't talk 12 minutes about Zay Flowers, as fun as this podcast is here, guys. Uh, C tier. We've already got Zay Flowers there. I'm going to do this. You each have a wide receiver that is in your C tier. And then the opposite, you have the other guy in the D tier. So what am I saying here? Brandon Ayuk is a C tier wide receiver for Joe. D for Billy. Chris Godwin is a C tier for Billy D tier for Joe. So keep it under like 30 seconds. Billy, mm-hmm. let's start with you. Chris Godwin over Brandon Ayuk. Why? Uh, this one just breaks down to the overall attempts. I don't think the Niners, and this is coming from a Niner fan. I just don't think they're going to be that pass heavy. I actually haven't projected for bottom seven in the league and pass attempts uh, this season. There's a lot of mouths to feed in this offense. They got Kittle, who showed a lot of chemistry with Purdy last year. Christian McCaffrey, who showed a lot of chemistry. Debo is now back and in better in in, in a better situation and in, in, in better weight. I just think that Ayuk has an uphill battle to finish uh, inside of this this top tier. Nobody's Not getting too. more buzz, Joe, than Brandon Ayuk right now out oh, of except, camp except and how he's Baker looking. Baker Mayfield and Kyle Trask. Nobody's going to – I mean, you're talking about, like, pass happy? I mean, like, w- the unhappiness of the passing in Tampa is terrifying to me. Uh, I cannot live in the past. 700 attempts for Tom Brady is gone. gone. Those days are over. Uh, the quality of whatever was left from Tom Brady is gone, and it is a downgrade of significant proportions. You can't live in the past with Evans. You can't live in the past with Godwin. I'm going to live in the future with Ayuk. I do agree with Billy, though. There might be some limitations there. I like him as ADP better than Debo, but I'm telling you right now, like I'm going to put my horse bet on Brandon Ayuk before I put it on anybody in that Tampa Bay offense, because I think that offense is going to get real ugly real fast. And we've kind of gone through a lot of the C and D guys so far or the B and C guys. So the list looks kind of similar. So let's move down to the D tier real quick. And I'm going to put cluster some of these guys together. And you guys are going to have to say buy or sell at the ADP. (laughs) Joe, Mike Evans at his current price ADP D tier wide receiver. Buy or sell? Sell. Sell all day long for all the reasons I just said. Uh, Billy, buy Uh, or sell? Buy. Okay, buy at ADP. Juju Smith Schuster. I set somebody up here. Billy, sell, buy or sell, sell at sell, ADP. Sell, sell, sell. sell. Uh, Joe, D tier. I'm uh, gonna buy. You know oh, why? Get out of here, Joe. Hold on a second. Hold on a second. I'm gonna buy because it's dirt cheap. And look, they went out and signed him. Look, I don't think he's going to be good, but in full point PPR leagues, you're telling me he's not going to catch five balls for 50 yards and he'll give me 10 points. And maybe on the, you know, the four times he scores a touchdown, he'll be okay. Look, I'm not saying it's going to be good or even great. I'm saying in a PPR league at the current ADP, which is pretty cheap, 
I'll take my shot there because I don't believe in Devontae but Parker. But you said it's top of the hour, it's half else. PPR, Joe. We can't take him in half PPR. I'm being, I'm putting the caveat. <laughs> half PPR, I don't love it. He's moving I'll tell the goal you what. Again. I'll tell you what, man. I'll move this goalpost around here. I am not touching anybody in Tampa. When, like, when, not with when, when Juju's highlights are TikTok, you have to look elsewhere. Oh, dude, okay. I'm, I'm not saying I like it. I'm just saying I'm <laughs> buying it at the ADP. I don't say I have to like it. Referee's having a really tough time here. I'm getting punched. I'm getting spit on. It's ridiculous. Marquise Brown, (laughs) buy or sell at ADP Joe. Uh, Sell. Offensive line is terrible. I don't know when Kyler Murray's coming back. I think it's a little too rich right now. Yeah, buy or sell. Sell at ADP as well. I'm going with Rondell Moore look, now we're all friends again. All right, last one on the D tier. Sky Moore, Billy. Buy buy. or sell at ADP. Big buy. Buy. Yes, look at all all coming together. Buy. He's working out of the slot. He's taking all the first team reps. I think this is a guy, too, you're going to start to see tick up more and more in yep. ADP. I just got him in Flex League on the cheap, and I'm telling you right now, I think it's the last kind of draft I'm going to get him on the cheap for. Yeah, he, Let's he go. shouldn't be going where he's going. He's, he's mispriced he right agreed now. Agreed 100%. The last one is in the F tier. Uh, but we just jo- agreed on two. You're going to push it one more? <laughs> well, this <laughs> is really, just the last tough. quick thing here. Okay. F tier, you actually, Joe, have like Mike Evans, Cortland Sutton, Jacoby Myers. Uh, Billy, you've got like Sutton, Jahan Dotson, Pickens. If you had to buy a D tier wide receiver with a quick response, Billy, which of your uh, F tier wide receivers would you buy? Yeah, I'm, I'm big on Cortland Sutton this year, and the reason is because we see this new offense uh we got Peyton now inside the the coach or he's the coach here now for Denver Lombardi is the offensive coordinator and people don't like Lombardi but he has a history with X receivers we saw a career year with Michael Thomas we saw a career year with Mike Williams Cortland Sutton just happens to play that X receiver role I am extremely happy uh about Cortland Sutton and his costs I don't think he should be going this far away from Jerry Judy expect a bounce back year from Russell Wilson as well all right, F tier wide receiver Joe. What's uh, the I'm going to stick with it. I'm throwing darts all day at the Chiefs offense. So after I take Sky Moore, I'm going to take Rushy Rice too, uh, and just see because I don't believe in Kadarius Tony, and I think if you do at this point, you're you're <laughs> you're going to be sunk. You're going to be <laughs> the bottom of well somewhere with Kadarius Tony. Uh, but Rice is that guy for me. I really like the tape out of college. I like what he did in college, and I think that if you saw in this offseason how he's working with Mahomes, I think that portends very well to as the season goes on. If you're patient, I think it'll be rewarded when you're in like week eight, nine, ten. Ding, ding, ding. That is it, gentlemen. (laughs) One of the great things about Fantasy Pros as well are the tools that you guys can check out. The Fantasy Gods at your hand. Use the Draft Wizard and pick your favorite analyst ranks and so much more. Go to fantasypros.com slash draft wizard for this draft season. You guys can find Joe on Twitter or X or whatever it's called today (laughs) at JoePCPS17. Billy, you can find on Twitter at FFMuzio, M-U-Z-I-O. You can find me and all my chaos at Is It The Welsh. And we're going to run it right back with you guys next time, right here on your home for fantasy sports. It is Fantasy Pros. Bye-bye for now, friends. Thanks for listening to the Fantasy Pros Football Podcast. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Fantasy Pros and subscribe to our YouTube channel at youtube.com slash fantasy pros. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids, Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. 
Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash ConcertWeek to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and two-door cinema club. Thank you for traveling with Amex Platinum. To your right, you'll see Oceanside Relaxation at a fine hotel and resort property. When booked through Amex Travel, you can enjoy complimentary breakfast for 2 and 4 p.m. late checkout. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at AmericanExpress.com slash with Amex. Tired of restless nights? At Lisa, we know good sleep is essential for mental, physical, and emotional health. From memory foam mattresses to hybrids that keep you cool all night long, Lisa's mattresses offer exceptional comfort and support with free delivery and 100 nights to try out your mattress in the comfort of your home. For a limited time, save up to $700 off select mattresses plus two free pillows. Go to lisa.com slash iHeart for an additional $50 off mattresses and select goods. Exclusions apply. See lisa.com for more details.